0: All right, hello everyone and welcome to Archive Conversations, a podcast about contemporary art and politics. My name's Mia, I'm the host, and this is our guest, Bonita. Hi, hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to talk about your work. Um, uh, so go ahead and give us a, a little intro about yourself, whatever you want to tell us.
1: Cool, uh, thank you. Uh, My name is Bonita,
0: um, and I'm an artist. I'm from Tampa,
1: and I'm currently residing in New York City. Um, I am Puerto Rican, and so a lot of my work is around that.
0: I'm so excited to talk about it. Um, So, yeah, again, just thank you so much for meeting today. Um, And you also recently graduated, which is kind of what spurred the big move, huh? Yes, yeah, I graduated. Congratulations
1: thank you thank you yeah i um, i just finished undergrad and i'm 27
0: and so it feels great uh
1: to
0: yes have- <laughs> i'm so wow. happy for you
1: oh thank you thank
0: you i really <laughs> i understand that feeling i really do <laughs> so, yeah. um awesome well i looked at your website number one i just want to say i love the website um i just watched this video recently that was kind of all about like kind of uh the early internet and how web pages used to be so much cooler mm-hmm. and that's what your um website really like got me
1: <laughs>
0: i <laughs> love okay. it so much okay. yeah um I to make too um uh i really love like early internet like stuff so yeah exactly yeah i love it so much and um so basically uh you're a visual artist working in various mediums not only online but also offline which i think is pretty interesting you know uh you make videos you do photography fabric like uh i don't want to say fabric like what would you say um a lot of people call it fiber arts but yeah definitely fiber arts so i'm really excited i love uh, multidisciplinary work, so. <laughs> Can you please tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey as an artist? Um, and if there is anything in particular that spurred you to do the do some art or anything?
1: Yeah, um, so when I was a kid, oop, sorry, when I was a kid, That's okay. um, my mom used to own a uh, Um she always like got us like into art and everything like you know arts and crafts at home like all like that little like cute stuff when we were kids
0: and then when i was around
1: 10 years old she opened up a uh paint your own pottery studio and so i started getting like really into ceramics like building ceramics and like painting and all that um when i was a kid and that carried up until i like graduated high school um and yeah I made like in high school like I took a couple ceramics classes and I had to like fight my teacher to be like I know I don't have the prerequisite but you need to let me in this class because I already know what I'm doing <laughs> so after fighting with her I you know took like three or four semesters of ceramics and like really like built um my craft in the way that I wanted to and then I graduated and I didn't have access to like those kinds of things anymore um and then after that um I started when I was like 19. I decided to like I was like at a thrift store and I bought like a film camera that I just saw kind of sitting there, and I decided like okay I guess I'm going to get into photography now. And so I started like from when I was like 18 or 19 till now just like kind of carrying a camera with me everywhere. And I didn't really know how like film cameras worked or anything like that, but I got really into the
0: craft I guess.
1: And um, I had a lot of fun with it. A lot of my work like was photography up until like the last couple of years just because you know, um, it's easy to carry around. And I got really into like photographing shows as well, like in the Tampa DIY scene, um, there's like a lot of like punk shows that happen or like DIY shows. And I got really into like photographing like my friends that were in those bands and I had like a ton of fun with it. And, um, And then also I discovered that like, if you go to like any just like regular show, like if you're gonna go like to Orpheum in Tampa or whatever, or like New World, and if you have a camera, people just kind of like get out of your way for a second so you can take the photos you want and then you can leave. And it's like, um, and it made, so it made shows kind of fun, honestly. Yeah. And, and it was also really cool to like be able to uh, send like the bands, like the photos after and say, oh, hey, I was at your show. You guys did great. Here's like this. So they have like something from that show because oftentimes it's just like, you know, people take photos on their phones and they don't yeah. like, them out. they're just like, you know, whatever so I always really enjoyed that and being able to like talk to the bands and be like hey I love your music tell me about it also here are some photos it's like a good little entryway and yeah. um, I made a lot of friends that way and then um when I was 20 I dropped out of college because I did not know what I wanted to do and I like moved to St. Pete and was working like you know a bunch of like shitty jobs just trying to like scrape by and then um finally I got a job at a college that allowed me to go to school for free because I was like the only way I could afford it and um so for all those years, like for like three or four years, I was working there, um, going to class, like going working during the day and then going to class at night, like every like two classes a semester every day for like three years straight. Um, okay. Finally, able to like finish my degree. And so, um, and during that time, I was like because I had like access to more resources and like access to more like professors that I could be like tell me if this is good <laughs> like or tell me if it's bad. I was able to like really like expand like into different mediums. And so that's kind of when i started with like sculpture and fabric art and yeah and now i'm kind of focusing on that right now but i'm moving more back to photography um and i also really want to go back to doing ceramics because like now i have access to like a kiln and all that so i'm thinking like yeah
0: but yeah that's it yeah that's uh it's i guess it's a little uh I don't know what the right word is. To me, I totally feel you on like being someone who does ceramics a lot and then all of a sudden you don't have uh, the supplies or access to what you once did and now you're like this whole thing that you had been building up this whole time is suddenly gone just because of a, a you know, not having access to it. Um that's how uh I I've definitely like had similar experiences, but It's cool that, you know, you open yourself up to a new craft and a new medium, and uh, I think it will be, now that any time is a good time to pick up a camera, but I think that now you're in New York City, there's going to be so many opportunities to take some new photos. That's really exciting, and you have access to a kiln again.
1: Yeah, I got a job at another college up here, and like, they have their whole art studio thing and the cool thing about colleges is that if you make friends with the right people they just kind of let you do whatever you want and um so it's i've been able to like kind of like wedge my way in as annoyingly as possible <laughs> to get yeah, like, yeah. access to those things and um and yeah like i really miss florida a lot <laughs> like yeah Miami, Tampa. and now um and now, now being here is like a huge like change in culture shock and it's a lot but it's also like The right time with like not having school having like a more chill like workplace um to be able to like pick up more like crafts and more like and expand my practice a lot more um so it's been fun up here the month that i've been up here and i finally feel like a little bit more motivated and inspired to do more so it's good
0: yeah and like you know it'll take time definitely you know like i think you're putting yourself out there and that's like that takes guts (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I applaud you. It can be a a scary thing. Um, But I I know like a handful of people who um, moved to New York a couple years ago and they really love it. So and they got like their dream jobs. So it's so cool to see to see that. So um, that's great. Uh, Yeah, thank you for um, telling us that. It's great that you uh, had a parent who was kind of... Helping foster that like creative energy too. Yeah,
1: she was really encouraging. I don't think that she wanted us to go into art, so but uh,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it, she, she did that. That was all her. <laughs> yeah. So. You did this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. So wait, when did you move to Tampa? Um, I live. I was born and raised in Tampa,
1: and I moved to St. Pete. Okay. Um, okay when I was like, probably like seven years ago, I was like 20 or 21 or something.
0: Okay, and, I got um, you. Yeah. Cool, well thank, thanks for clearing that up for me. Um, so do you have like any particular um sources of inspiration or influences that you wanna share? Either it could be lived experience based or even just uh, artists that you like, anything like that?
1: Yeah. Um. I like to pull inspiration a lot from, like, life and everything just because, like, I feel like a lot of my work is about, like, being Puerto Rican and, like, being, like, in and out of, like, the culture just because, like, you know, I have family back home in Puerto, or I have family back in Puerto Rico, I have family, like, in Florida, and then, like, um, but I haven't really, like, grown up close to them just because we were so far away, and it's, like, hard to get to Puerto Rico and everything, and, like, so a lot of my work is kind of based around, like, the culture or, like growing up being Puerto Rican and also like feeling like an other outside of that, just because like, you know, Florida is like Tampa school, white people for the most part, or at least like the parts that I grew up in. And yeah. uh, it was like uh, it, you know, growing up all my siblings and I always felt like we were just kind of like an other or an outside. And like, I really like related to that. And then we would go back to Puerto Rico, like as a family. And it was like this weird thing because like, we weren't taught Spanish because like we needed to like, our parents wanted us to like assimilate and like, just, you know, not get like run out of the countryside i guess <laughs> and then like and then like but then going to puerto rico because we didn't speak spanish because we weren't like as ingrained in the culture as like the rest of our family members we were just kind of like oh they're just the weirdo ones right and so um i pull a lot of inspiration from that from trying to like learn more about the culture and try and like unlearn a lot of like you know shit that you just kind of like inherently learn by like being in the growing up in the united states and um I also pull a lot of inspiration from the internet. I freaking love early internet. I mm-hmm. love the aesthetic. I love everything about how like open source it was because I feel like now we visit like the same like five or eight websites or whatever, like and um, they're all controlled by these algorithms that make them all like so homogenous and so our experiences yep. homogenous compared to what we previously had on like the internet when it was like new and open like Like, like, yeah and like and not only the kitsch but like you could like you know the algorithm on google is like now kind of designed to like sell you things over the past yeah it's really like changed toward that but before that it was just like you would search something and it will just like literally just pick the words like it's not like trying to like sell you a product it's just like if you like google like anarchism you will actually get like websites like dedicated to anarchism within like different Um, parts of the country and of course it's like bad for you know not bad obviously but it's bad for those in power for us to have access to that information I think about that a lot and so um, that's where censorship censorship comes in (laughs) exactly yes yeah and it's like it's so horrifying and it makes me so sad to see like how much of the internet and like um, the things that like people like the communities that people have cultivated and created through the internet are kind of like lost just because like The majority of like the websites that billions of people visit every day are now like, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and it's all homogenous experience and like, it's so, it makes me so sad. Like the internet was so, the internet still is cool. It has these like really cool things. It's just like, you can't like rely on an algorithm to show them to you the same way that we rely on the Instagram algorithm to like show like posts like by our friends and stuff like that. Like it's just not going to happen. You have to really dig and like find it. And so a lot of my work is inspired by that because I like because of the way the internet is now. I like hoard uh, like
0: files. Yeah, so, like, um, I love archiving. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, that's that's a better word for it than like hoarding files. Like. That's
0: why I called this whole thing archived conversations because I'm just like I like to have all my little <laughs> collections of things.
1: Yeah, it's so important like archival work and like yeah, it's um, so important. And how I don't know, and it's just like I love like collecting like as much as I can from like the internet, whether it's like old gifts or even like um, yeah things that we see like now it's just so important to like hold on to those things because like it's kind of like how all of our myspace profiles got lost like we will never see it yep,
0: yeah like, <laughs> so sad i know so sad <laughs> but yeah i yes i that's so uh, i wrote down a couple things um in response to some of what you said uh i was thinking about how you said uh, s- that Google's trying to sell us uh, just try trying to sell us uh, stuff. That's like how the algorithm works and how companies can like you know buy the sponsored number one spot if you search a, for you know something general like coffee. It's like Starbucks is paying Google to be the number one option like on the top of the page. Um, so it's almost it's kind of interesting and problematic and i have never thought about it in this in this way before where it's like the people who have money are going to be the ones taking all those first few pages that most most people look at most people don't go past like page three when they search something on google if they even go to the second page (laughs) and it's like uh it's almost like selling censorship in a way because it's like they're pushing all of the people who are not paying further and further to the back of the, the line, basically. Exactly. And I've never thought about it in that way before, but I'm just, now I'm fired up. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I have never thought about it like that before. Like, And I also wrote down the word random because <laughs> I'm so random. No, but <laughs> I'm so random and quirky, MySpace 2005. Um, Speaking of MySpace, but the internet, I guess, since it is like the same, like five apps and web pages that we go on every day, it's like the internet doesn't feel quite as random maybe as it did before. And that part of it is like ads take up a lot of space on these pages. That's part of it. It's not just like a bunch of random people. Like, because even thinking about YouTube, like, early YouTube, which is now owned by Google, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that was probably, you know, back in 2006, 2007, like, the first couple years. If you think back to, like, those old internet memes, it was just random, very random videos. Like, a child getting their, like... Finger bitten by their little brother that went viral. Real quick, well, what was so funny about that? I never got the joke. I never got <laughs> it. That's why I'm saying it's like it feels like it. Like those early internet memes are were so random, and now it's like very manufactured because yeah. it's to please the algorithm, exactly. and that's where it becomes homogenous, and it's sad.
1: <laughs> I don't want to say it's dystopian, but it absolutely is dystopian. Oh yeah. I feel like constantly like you know I don't like logging into Instagram like just because like it feels like I'm going to work it's like yeah same you post a cute little photo dump to be like oh by the way I have a show coming up and you guys should go see it or you know um just trying to like can like put together a brand of yourself on Instagram because it's just like I think it's just like the high art world, or like the highbrow art world, like museums and all that shit. Yeah. They yeah. Really want you to do that because they want yeah. it to be accessible. But like, homogenous. Exactly, and like they want your work to be accessible, but they don't want to be the ones to make it accessible. They want to put that on you. And it's like this weird like. But then if you make your work too accessible, then what is the point in having it in their cute little museum or whatever? And it's just like horrific. I do not like the art world. I'm so tired of it.
0: (laughs) I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) I've always preferred, yeah, like the DIY. I've always felt the most comfortable in like a zine fest, you know, like these are my people. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's a
1: lot. I feel like I really like had community in St. Pete, just like, which I'm sure I'll get it while I'm here. um, But uh, I really, I feel like I really have, like, a community in St. Pete that, like, is really difficult to, like, replicate just because, like, yeah. everybody is, like, so supportive and it's just, like, it's just there, like, to make art, not really to, like, appease to an algorithm <laughs> or to try and, like, get a job out of it. Like, even if you are, like, you know, even if someone is trying to get a job out of it, which, like, everyone deserves to just be able to, like, make art and get, like, a living wage just because of that, like, um I think that like that was kind of in the backseat in everybody's mind and like making the art and like having that kind of like community was like at the front of everybody's mind. And I think that that's what makes the difference between like, you know, Tampa and St. Pete art scenes versus like art scenes in big cities like, you know, here for sure. You know, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I can definitely see that. Um. And I also just feel like it's it can be easier to find that when you're in school. Yeah. It is just so much easier um, to find that, you know, sense of community just because you're going to the same place multiple times a week, mm-hmm. like for many weeks. So it's like you're going to be around the same people and eventually you're going to start to get to know them just naturally. Um, so yeah i i believe that you will find a uh, community there as well um it will take time but i believe in you thank you i needed to hear that <laughs> yeah absolutely um i actually i have a really good friend in new york maybe i can connect y'all i think y'all would get along pretty well so oh, yeah. um we can talk about that later <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so We can go right in ahead, and uh, I would like to talk about um, three of your works. We'll try to get to all three. If not, that's okay. Um, But uh, the first piece that I'd like to talk about um, is Sangre de Amada." if I said that correctly, um, which is Spilled Blood in English. And it's the Puerto Rican flag, correct? And there's, like, red yarn falling from the bottom of the flag. Um, Can you tell us anything about that, the process, or what caused you, like, what made you uh, make that work? Yeah, um,
1: so that piece is, like, at the time, I was doing a lot of research about, like, Puerto Rican history, because, like, um, you know, the history of it and i will not spend too much time on it but just in case you know um not everybody knows it uh yeah. basically like um back in 1492 uh spain colonized puerto rico along with other islands in the caribbean um eventually we fought off spain and then the united states was like bet and took over as well and i think 1868 and um Uh side note, fuck Teddy Roosevelt. I know everyone likes him because of the parks, but he colonized Puerto Rico. That was all him. Um uh, so after that, um uh Puerto Rico has like a really long history of like um since then trying to um like there was like a lot of like nationalist moves movements in Puerto Rico trying to like fight for independence because that's like what like a lot of Puerto Ricans want. Like that's a lot of yes what um you know, even though you don't really hear that, like a lot of Puerto Ricans would prefer to just be fully separated from the United States because, like, Oh yeah. like, Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, so for a long, long time, they were fighting that battle, even while colonized by the United States, like, um, there are so many, like, um, like nationalist groups in and out of Puerto Rico that have fought for, like, liberation of the island and, um, mm-hmm. or, uh, um, the archipelago because it's like 143 islands actually. Is Puerto Rico, it's like huge, but um,
0: wow, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, it's like the, there's like the big island and then there's two small ones on the side. Um, but uh, there's like a bunch of really tiny ones that no one can really inhabit, like surrounding it, too, that are all part of it, right? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it was like it was really intense. Like, one big thing that like this piece is specifically about is um, Puerto Ricans weren't allowed to um display the Puerto Rican flag, which is why you hear like the stereotype, of just like, oh, how do you know I'm Puerto Rican? It's just like everybody's wearing like a million Puerto Rican flags or whatever. Um, it's just because like for so long in our history, it was illegal to hold the flag. If you were found with one, you were like, um, you could be uh, put 10 years in prison or executed. If you were like a nationalist, you were executed, things like that. And so, um, uh, which by the way, real quick, there's two different versions of the Puerto Rican flag that people see. There's like a dark blue version. Uh, And there's a light blue version with like, you know, more of like a brighter red. And um, the dark blue version is the one that we see, like, I think a good example is the emojis. If you go on your phone Mm. and you look at the Puerto Rican flag, it's the same shade of red and blue um, that is of the United States flag. That was done purposefully by the United States to say like, hey, you know, you don't get your little flag, but you're colonized by us. We're going to change the colors. But the original actual colors of the flag are the light blue and bright red. and the flag, if I recall correctly, if anyone knows history better than me, let me know. Um, it was actually based off of the Cuban flag because Cuba had fought for liberation of their country and got it, and Puerto mm. Ricans, who, which actually so many of them worked in Cuba to help fight for liberation and vice versa in yeah. Puerto Rico. Um, they took inspiration from the Cuban flag and made it into the Puerto Rican flag um, uh, that we know of today. And so um, if you go to like, you know puerto rico you see like both colors but like a lot of like puerto ricans like my parents included didn't really know the history of the flag they just thought like oh i don't know the shades are different who cares it's just a production thing but it's like very intentional and so with this piece i made it very intentionally um the light blue the bright yeah. red yeah. and everything and um at the time i was really into like fabric art and i got a rug machine off ebay
0: and <laughs> nice um,
1: I, uh, you know, built a frame, hooked it up, and tried to tuft a rug as best I could. And um, it was a lot of fun. It was just like some, like a medium that I always wanted to try. And so I decided that like, um, I wanted to make a piece like reflecting the history of like um, the struggle for independence um, of Puerto Rico, um, and like paying homage to like the Puerto Rican nationalists who like tried to fight for freedom of Puerto Rico, and um, and still continue to fight to this day. And so um, I don't remember exactly because I'm kind of spacing right now, but like the red on the flag represents God, I don't remember. Anyways, um, it's okay. In this piece, um, the flag is kind of like hung up on the wall, um, kind of like waving through the air in a way. And then um, there's yarn coming out of the bottom left or yeah, right hand corner um, pouring out onto the ground. And it's made of yarn with like different shades of red and everything um coming into like a pile that is meant to look like blood and that is just like because of um the uh blood spill during fight for fights the fight for independence in puerto rico and yeah so that's kind of what the piece is about and it was like really fun to make but also like very just like learning about the history of like any colonized country it's a very painful thing to like learn about and to do Um, but yeah that's that's it
0: yeah, and I, I don't know about you, but for me personally, like there's, I have a pretty big like embroidery piece that I made a few years ago as well. And <clears throat> I, it was also kind of based off of like research I was doing at the time. <clears throat> and um the process of just embroidering, like it being a very, number one, you're like touching fabric. It's like very, you know, tactile i guess uh like and going through the process of embroidering like it being a very um uh what's it called a fine motor skill kind of activity it kind of made kind of created a space for me to like really reflect on my research on what i was learning about actively it kind of um I don't know. i found that it was definitely a, a much different experience than like making a an illustration, like just do, making a drawing or something. Uh, I don't know if you kind of relate to that at all. Um, yeah, border but... is like really hard work. And like,
1: I feel like when working with like any fa- kind of fabric or like fiber art, it's like very, like, it's very emotional, and I, that's not to say that, like, yeah. Um, I feel like there's like the stereotype when it comes to like any sort of fabric art, especially like um, embroidery or sewing, that it's like a feminine art, it's like a craft. women's work, yes, it's women's yeah. work. it's like a
0: craft, it's a craft, it's not, not art, like, there's yeah. a whole
1: yeah, <laughs> it's, such, it's such bullshit because it's like so, yeah, <laughs> like it's so, it is so much harder than like anything I've ever done, like, to embroider, embroidering is so hard, I can't do it, but like. Um, but yeah, it's like, it is like, it is extremely like laborious and extremely intense and it takes like, it's so much like work and I don't, I don't want to say that it's tedious because that sounds like kind of negative, but it is like you're, it's, it's you're care. It. Yeah. It takes a lot of care and like, it takes so much Attention. like, um, yeah. And detail. And it's like, I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so, it's incredible, like kind of work and like because like you have to care like so much about it and you have to put so much attention to detail it can take like a lot of it can be like exhausting like physically and emotionally to just try and put all of your like self into this work and like I feel like that's what really like attracts me personally to fiber art I don't know about you but like it's yeah so much...
0: yeah I was like once I like finally figured out like Oh, this piece of clothing that I see on the thrift store rack. I really like want this. Uh, It's not my style, but I really want it. I've learned to take that as like, I really love fabric. I really just love touching fabric. I love looking at it. Um, So I feel like that's kind of what got me more into embroidery and sewing because I had so much fabric that I I just collected throughout the years. Um. And I was like, I did kind of like a patchwork kind of embroidery piece with all of the. Stuff I had collected over the years, um, so yeah, definitely. (laughs)
1: That's
0: so cool. I love that. Oh yeah, I was gonna say too. Thank you so much for, uh, educating us on some of that history because I had no idea. I really realized um, something. Uh, I was walking through, uh, actually, USF Tampa. I was walking through that campus. It was, like, in the middle of summer a couple years ago, and some, it was, like, there wasn't really a lot of people on campus, so this lady uh, stopped me, and she said, do you know where this office is? Um, And I saw she was holding, like, hard copy resumes in her hand. And I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of a bit of a walk. So I'm going that way, just walk with me. So I was asking her, you know, like uh, why, nothing too invasive, but just kind of what are you up to today, you know? And she said, well, I'm going to this office to drop off this resume. Um, I'm from Puerto Rico, I just flew in this was right after um, the hurricane, the, the, the bad, I think it was Hurricane Maria. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she was like, it was months, it was like a, a month or two, I don't know how long ago it was actually. Maybe it wasn't during the summer, I might have my timeline wrong, mm-hmm. but it had been like a few months since that had happened and you know the media wasn't covering anything about it anymore at that point, uh, you know, like general media. <clears throat> like news and stuff and she was like yeah like my son is back um in Puerto Rico right now he's 7 or some like some young age and he doesn't know but we're about to move to Tampa because our town still doesn't have power and like we're going to have to leave all of his like friends and like what we know yeah. and I'm trying to get a job basically I don't have a job yet I'm trying to get a job and I was just like wow um <laughs> that hurts and like i don't like want to say that i hadn't it it just made me like hurt you know and when you were describing how people couldn't even wave couldn't even have the flag I was just like man that is like another just like how are you gonna take take that i don't know i I feel a a lot of things and i just really appreciate you taking the time to tell us
1: all about that
0: and everything that um went into that piece
1: thank you i appreciate you guys listening to
0: it uh Yeah. yeah i this like it makes me mad, but like I love, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like I love, like, I love this type of uh, work. So it's just like, it makes my heart it want to explode. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But that makes me feel nice. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I also wanted to talk about another piece, um, which I believe you said, uh, I think I asked you if this was an installation. You said yes. Um, Dios te bendiga. God bless you yeah yeah give give us a little rundown of uh, that please um so this
1: specific piece is also from a uh, body of work also called Dios te bendiga and it's like basically uh, part of my Spanish I'm uh you know born here sorry everybody but um uh basically um the uh phrase Dios Dios te bendiga is like a phrase that means like you know I wish you well when you're saying goodbye to somebody you say it and so every like family gathering I've had like ever growing up, like, you know, you're trying to like say goodbye to everybody. It takes 45 minutes (laughs) and um, uh, everybody is saying this back to each other over and over again, you know, kiss on the cheeks, like goodbye kind of thing. And it always like wore my heart to hear that from like everyone in my family, just because it was just like, get home safe kind of thing, right? And um, uh, yeah, um, so I made an entire installation piece and I I didn't post the other half of it to Instagram, which is like, Basically, every one of those pieces in the um, uh, installation um, also had digital aspects to it. Specifically, I used like Adobe AR, um, so you could point your phone at it, and it would automatically pick up the um, uh, uh, the images and the um, things that are supposed to surround the physical sculpture, and that includes this one. Um, and I'm so sorry. I want to clarify. Uh, something really quickly so um yeah so the body of work was like dios de bendiga and i had um a couple pieces in there i'm not sure which piece you wanted to talk about because i didn't post too much um about it but
0: yeah whatever uh whatever you're willing to give us and then um when i go to you know sidebar when i go to edit this i will post pictures with whatever you choose to talk about so if you want to kind of bookmark what picture picture or uh, what what pieces you're talking about i'll edit them in yeah
1: thank you sorry i wanted yeah. to clarify yeah, no, um, yeah. uh i think the most interesting one that i'll talk about is um my favorite which was the one um that was called uh i called it bonita's world just because it was like a um it's like a computer surrounded by um uh like uh, lace and iridescent fabric along with like heart push pins surrounding it and yes. um this piece um okay so basically like my day job is IT but um yes. I'm also really into computers like I'm a big nerd yeah <laughs> and, um, so I collect uh vintage um computers so <laughs> the one in this um uh installation is like a 2007 MacBook Pro that yeah. I like, salvaged um, nice <laughs> Yeah, it's so sick because like people just like get rid of computers, but like, they still work, even if they're like silly. But yeah, um, so basically uh, I got the machine back in running order. Um, and uh, I slowly but surely, just because it's like a, a machine that's like over 13 years old um, or something like that. I can't do math. But um, I started uh, slowly like uploading files to it that I created like on my computer that actually worked. <laughs> and um,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: the basis is that like you are entering the world of this girl named Bonita, um, that uh, lives in um, Puerto Rico, but like there was a different course of history taken. Um, so basically, the history, and she like, she's like a you know a college student, and she's writing like an essay about like um, the history of like her country and like um, the Caribbean as like a whole, and. Um, and uh, you're also like when you when you log into the computer, you're also like going through like her personal files. So you'll see like journal entries, you'll see photos, you'll see um, her wallpaper, you'll see photos because it's a Mac. Um, you'll see photos in um, a photo booth and stuff like that, oh, just like this curated persona and some of them are like ominous because it's like your personal computer It's just like some shit like just doesn't make sense. And then like, um, you'll see like notes that she's taken emails and everything that I just like kind of created. And so you would be able to like log in and see all of this and like get to really know the person um, that like owns this machine. So it feels like kind of like voyeuristic and you should feel like a little bit weird being like, is this someone's computer? Should I be going through this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and one of the big parts of it was like, she was in the middle of like writing this essay about the history of, um, you know, um, Puerto Rico, where she basically history took a turn where instead of the United States colonizing PR, the nationalists that had originally fought for independence from Spain, because literally like, um, like the United States, like they fought off Spain. And the next day the United States came in with like tanks and, or I'm sorry, uh, boats and tanks and like bombs and everything and like went into the port of San Juan and like, you know, yeah, anyways. Um, uh, yeah, and um, so instead of that day, like the United States actually taking over and colonizing and having Puerto Rico be like a um, unincorporated territory that it is now, which is just a fancy term for like a colony that, yeah it's dead at um it became like a sovereign nation and along with um uh you know post like haitian revolution um and along with like cuba and haiti and the dr and like other islands in the caribbean they were all able to liberate themselves from all of their colonizers and um become a union of nations similar to like the eu but like of um those in the caribbean and uh so she writes about the history and it's like detailed and it tells you all about it. And, um, you know, this is just meant for like the viewer to be able to go in and see what like um, a person from like another timeline or like course of history or whatever you want to call it um, has like a life and like that this kind of like utopia that she's living yeah. in is completely possible. Um, uh, so, yeah, um, that's that piece. And there's also like music files. Um, that are kind of like jokes. uh, Yeah. Um, And then uh, like playlists and stuff too that I forgot to mention. Um, In addition to that, the Adobe AR portion of it is um, basically like also a homage to early internet because the time that she's writing this essay is like 2007, 2006 er um, era of internet. And um, so everything's like dated as such. And um, yeah, uh, when you point your phone at it or your iPad or whatever to get the AR experience of it, um it like appears with all of these gifts of like early internet and like things that are like triggered whenever you move or you tap on things and there's like noise playing from your phone as well to like show like, um, even further into like the invisible world. And um the fabric is meant to be like um, to show like an air of like softness and mystery while also like centering the computer to like try and let viewers know like, no, you guys can go in and touch this because. When I showed it the first time, uh, I had a hard time getting people to like actually use yeah. it. They were like, "Oh, it's cute, cute wallpaper, or whatever." And I was like, "No, go look at it. Like, it's fine." Yeah, you don't <laughs>
0: understand. You gotta take yeah. some time with this one. Yeah, and I ended up having to put a sign, being like, "Yeah, you can use the computer." <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you if you ended up putting a sign because I think it's also just one of those things where it's like the mute, like the museum, like and typical gallery etiquette of like, "Do not touch." Do not yeah. touch this, which I always um, liked to push against too, like uh, just to connect it back to earlier, um, that piece that I did, I had, I made sure people like knew uh, that they could touch it. Cause it's like, oh, that's, that's cool. the whole part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I definitely, it, it's kind of funny. It, it's a little funny, but it's also like, go, <laughs> go look yeah. at it. Oh, I love that. I love
1: that so much because like, especially with fabric art, like people don't like, mu- like museums, galleries, whoever. People like are so like not keen on letting people touch the work, but it's yeah, fabric. Like that is the point.
0: Like yeah, I I, I understand yeah. it from like a conservation standpoint. It's like yeah. uh, I I have to handle. I I work for a gallery and I have to handle like objects with gloves on, um, um to make sure not to get any of like my oil my nasty little human oils all over the uh, (laughs) art pieces, but I just, I think it just, for me, it also just went back to like, if I saw this, I would wanna touch it. Like, I don't care if people touch, I want people to touch it, in fact, so. That's really cool. I wish I could have um, seen that uh, installation. Uh, Was that also, um, I remember seeing a picture of like, I, I think that they were like felt plantains yeah um that one was I that part of that yes um there's uh i loved those too as well i just yeah, wanted to mention i thought those were really cool i love stuff like that <laughs>
1: yeah it was that was like so much fun are you talking about the ones that were in the basket yeah yeah those were so much fun that was so much fun to make. that was actually um uh memory. It was basically like a piece that was like based off a memory where I visited New York for the first time and I found a Puerto Rican bodega and they had like this humongous fucking pile of plantains. Like it was the most I'd ever seen at once in my life besides like the ones when they're like unloading it from the truck or whatever. Like in in Puerto Rico you see like plantain farmers they have like you know huge like semis are just fucking full and like you might get hit with one whatever. But like um uh And so I had a professor that was just like really encouraging me to like say, okay, try and make something based off memory and like try and replicate that feeling into the piece that you have or that you're going to make. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And um, that one came to mind because I just really wanted to make felt felt plantains. And so even though I didn't make like the mass scale of like what I saw, I was able to replicate like the feeling of being able to like look down and see um, like, you know, some plantains like you're like about to buy it at a bodega. And like, so. It was like hung on a wall it was like level with like someone's waist and we mm-hmm. were all just like piled up and yeah that was so much fun it was like it's so painstaking to sew them just because like fabric work is like so time consuming and i sewed them all by hand i didn't want to use a machine because i wanted them to be like unevenly stitched to like try and replicate like what it looks like when they're like bruised or whatever and yeah so yeah that yep. was so much fun <laughs> yeah
0: I I love that so much just because I feel like that's like kind of reminds me of uh, like my practice a little bit. So I'm just like, I love this. (laughs) I love (laughs) like um, fabric art and um, all that kind of thing so much. So thank you for telling us about that. I, I also I'm like writing down a couple things that I want to just like send to you in a follow up email just for like little things for you to check out that I think you would enjoy. So Thank I'm you. really excited. I'm excited. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And then um, the last piece of yours that I wanted to talk about is an oldie but a goodie. <laughs> um, it's uh, called Do you want to be loved uh, body language in parentheses. Um, And this was uh, a video. It's like uh, two and a half minutes, three minutes long about. And it's kind of uh, your or your persona. I'm not sure you can tell us is in a um, bathtub and it's very uh, staged like the whole setup around the bathtub. There's some, you know, the title is like above you uh, on the uh, back of the, the wall. And the motions like uh, they're like kind of glitched and uh, things like that. So, uh, and there's also no audio. I don't know if the original has audio or if it was specifically just for the visuals. um, And I'll include all of the links for this stuff below too. But uh, can you tell us about this one as well?
1: Yes, Um, this one was from like 2018, I think. And um wow, that was so long ago. It's so much yeah. at peace. Um, so at the time I had been in St. Pete for like um two or three years at this point. And I had made one of my best friends, Denzel. Shout out Denzel, and um he uh, he used to live in this like apartment that his mom owned in downtown St. Pete, one of those like really tall condo buildings, and he had the fanciest bathroom I ever saw. And I was like, yo, mm-hmm. let's go. And so um so um I kind of explained the piece to him about like what i kind of wanted to create and asked if i could like use his like bathroom for a couple hours just to like help film it and um uh the concept of the piece is just kind of like kind of like surrounding like loneliness but also like pressure when it comes to like dating and this sounds so half big now because i think my practice has evolved a lot since then but like um uh but um basically like i was kind of at a point where like you know, dating and, like, love and things like that were, like, very complex things that I was still trying to figure out, like, in regards to, like, things that I wanted, and I felt like everyone around me was also experiencing those things. We were all, like, 21, 22 or whatever, and um, it's, like, a very, like, weird and, like, complicated time to try and, like, experience, like, romantic love, and I kind of wanted to, like, make a piece that was kind of, like, almost like a homage like that kind of love and like the want of like um like wanting love wanting to ask for it but not really understanding like how to do that or like how to like tell the people that like you know how to like be able to tell people like what you want in like romantic relationship and mm-hmm. um and i also feel like now and even around that time a lot of like not to be like tinder but like tinder was like a big thing obviously and still no, is. Yeah. And a lot of like You know i haven't met anybody in years that has not met their partner off of like a dating app or something Mm -hmm. and and so around that time that was also very prevalent and like the experience of tinder was very different to like you know other things that we've experienced um and uh so i wanted to like i used like the um like instead of like spelling out like do you want to be loved it was just like kind of like shorthand like internet shorthand um painted on the tiles and uh, I also surrounded it with like roses and like wore red lipstick and like I also had my phone in my hand the whole time Mm
0: -hmm. to kind of
1: show like that uh, I don't know just like um, to kind of like show the viewer like um this idea of like digital digital romance and like yes. meeting yes. people through like the internet like it's not this weird thing but it still is very complicated and books all these feelings and at the end of the day you are just trying to ask for like what you want which is love and like to be loved and um appreciate it like in a pro in a romantic context and we feel so far away from that and so i made the video with like glitches and everything to try and like emphasize um uh that kind of like digital um connection trying to like mimic like something lagging or going back and forth like a youtube video like buffering um because i didn't know anything about premiere at the time <laughs> and uh okay. yeah um and uh yeah it's just like a lot of um feelings about like uh like romance and love and the body language and the language that like we also have to like show through like um a digital space to mm-hmm. Um, and the first time I showed it, this is kind of funny because I did not know this was going to happen, but the first time I showed it, I got invited to an art show and it was at like um, a sex club slash sex shop and I had no idea that was where I was going to be showing it. And so it was like a lot of fun, like, but it was great, like no shade whatsoever, but I had no idea what I was looking Yeah, this is funny that you didn't it. know.
0: <laughs> and I like, you showed up and you're like, Ah, oh, I yeah, see what's going on cuz like a bunch of
1: really good artists were there and i was like like um th- uh, like and what my friend um Ramona she was putting on the show um and i was like oh yeah let's like yeah i'll absolutely do this and then i show up to the fucking place and i'm like okay this is not what i expected but i'm okay <laughs> with it <laughs> and it was a really fun it was really fun and like um yeah. talking to people like in this in like a space that was like dedicated to like Like, it was, like, a sex club and, like, sex Mm shop, so a place that was, like, dedicated to, like, that kind of, like, romantic love in a way, I suppose, even though it's definitely, like, more sexual. It was, like, very cool to, like, um, see people react to it in that space. I think that was, like, the perfect space to, like, show it truly, but
0: yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, um, definitely a response to the tech, the growing up in a tech world. And yeah. experiencing the way that no, experiencing uh, life experiences in a way that like, hasn't really been a thing for that long. <laughs> if we yeah. consider how long humans have been around, it's like the last 20 years, because, you know, it's like match.com and um, what was the other one that was online? Yeah. What'd you say? Harmony or um, what was it? Christian Mingle is another one. Like <laughs> Farmers Only. Um, but I was also thinking, uh, what's the one? It's like Plenty of Fish. I think it was like one of the OG like online profile dating sites and it was so taboo for a, a pretty long time and then I feel like, um, yeah, like eHarmony was really like trying to make it not taboo. Like, you know, you can find your lifelong Love on this website, um, uh, and now it's like just now it's not even on a desktop or a laptop computer. It's not like you have to log onto a website. You just click on the app that already has all your information in there. You don't have to log in. You can just go on there and then you just swipe. You don't even have to.
1: Uh, It's so wild to think about, and I think that there are a lot more people that can like. Say things about it better than I can but I think it's so interesting like the convenience of it now yeah yeah like, you could be at bored at work fucking looking for love and it just uh-huh. like, it, in some ways like it can feel very active like I don't know like some people say like hinge is a little bit more active yeah um, Where you're just like nah okay not nah, okay kind of thing and it's like I don't know it's so interesting and I don't know how this is gonna like evolve because like in my yeah. experience like um I've met people in person, but I've also met people online. And I feel like a lot of my, like, people, like, my peers kind of, like, gravitate toward online because they're just, like, "Eh, I know all my friends, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And you want to explore outside that. It's so
0: interesting. I don't know. What's next is the movie Her. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's next. I mean, I think it's already happening, like, in a couple of places. I feel like there are also people who have, like, married their, like, like sex dolls and stuff as well. So yeah. did you hear about the guy? This is like a quick sidebar. Did you hear about yeah. the guy who was
1: in Japan? He married his um, the that, robot right? and yes. the company that made her stopped updating the software. And he's like, she's boring now. I think I'm get- I want a
0: divorce. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh, so, that's... that's wild. That's wild, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I also think that, you know, this whole thing of um, kind of bringing the dating, dating world into, like, an online, like, not face-to-face realm is also what is, um, uh, I don't want to say, like, causing, because I feel like that's not really, I feel like that's kind of giving off an energy that I'm not trying to give off, but I guess it's, like, it's, me included, like in the past when I was single and stuff, it's like uh, you're kind of bring want to bring like your desirability like online so that you can be seen um, and possibly you know something could happen. Um, it it it's it's it is an interesting thing when uh, you kind of. If you're on one of these dating websites you would just have to boil down your sense of self or your identity who you are into a couple of answers on a questionnaire and some pictures yeah it is I just a like,
1: very interesting it is, thing it is and it's just so wild because like it's I think like the way that like, I don't know if it's like the UX or the fact that it's just like a dating app or whatever that like makes it feel like passive yet addictive. Yes,
0: um, yeah. Point,
1: you know? It's like, it has to be addictive in some capacity to make you come back because that's how they make
0: money people. opening the app. Yeah.
1: But like, um, it's so interesting to see how, uh, you know, it's hard to remember in some ways, like people contain so many, like people contain multitudes, Yeah, and you are, but yeah, the tiniest tini- little slice of what they are offering on this dating app in under 300 characters or less.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: It's just like, um, huh? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and it's so funny because like sometimes I'll talk to friends who are still like on Tinder or whatever, and they'll be swiping. And I'm like, oh, well, that person, like, why did you swipe left on them? Like, why'd you say no? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I did not like the hat in his picture. And I'm like, that is so fucking valid. And I respect that. And I love that for you. Like, keep going. Like, that's totally legitimate. However. Did you ever think that he took off the hat you
0: know like it's just i don't know it's like yeah it's so funny yeah yeah exactly it's like i don't i don't even have like any like ill feelings or like judgment towards that kind of attitude because it it's like this is just the world we're living in you know (laughs) that's how i feel at the end of the day it's like so
1: prevalent and yet it does not matter at all (laughs) exactly it's like in the grand
0: scheme
1: yeah. I just think who, it's. So who cares? Cool. I love it. And like, I'm also, it's like last thing I'll say about it. I'm so excited yeah. to see how internet culture is like. I love, like you know, back to like how um, all of like our internet experience, is like, very like homogenous and everything. I want to see how like personal relationships being built, like, how much that changes whenever, you know, our overlords at Tinder or whatever. Um, decide to like make changes to the application because like how because like it does affect our lives like in ways yeah, that we do yeah. not even like comprehend and like how is that going to change like the next five or ten years are we going to like as a society fully reject this premise or are we going to like dive deeper into it like I don't know it's so interesting
0: yeah I, I feel like I kind of see both of those ha- things happening right now so it'll be really it will be interesting to see like five ten years from now like is it going to be like a pretty big divide of like people who are kind of chronically online and then people who don't really want to engage with that much more anymore I don't know it, it, it will be interesting to see but um thank you thank you was so, so much, much I had such a great conversation I learned so much um I feel inspired so thanks for you know again just thank you so much for taking the time today um and it If there's anything uh, you want to shout out now, I hand the mic to you. Ooh, um, please donate
1: money to Food Not Bombs Tampa and Tampa Free Fridge. They do absolutely amazing work. Yes. And um, it never hurts to sign up to shop for them if you never have before. It's fun and to fill up the fridge and you're helping so many people that need food. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about the Puerto Rican struggle, um, of independence and like resistance against the United States, um, I recommend reading about it. There's one book that's called the war against all Puerto Ricans that goes into a very like, uh, intense history. I forgot the author, but it's like the only book, um, yeah. uh, that's really interesting. And look for your local, um, uh, independence organizations. Uh, like independence, like resistance organizations. um, Yep. uh, As they also work with other um, colonized people, like, um, for example, the branch here in New York will work with, um, will also like protest with um, the uh, Filipino independence struggle, like we all work together as a colonized people to um, work against like US colonization and um, They also work with, like, the Palestinian struggle or, like, support the Palestinian struggle and, like, work with them to, like, um, whether it's, like, the protests or to find funds and donate and everything. Like, uh, all of those, like, organizations work together. I highly recommend looking into it and, like, um, seeing what you can do.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, All of that. I'll have all the links and everything in the description of this video. Um, I also would like to shout out um, a local org, uh, St. Pete Tenants Union. They've been doing a lot of really great work um, for tenants rights and helping people um, who are facing eviction um, know their rights and also um, stopping uh, illegal uh, evictions from happening um, and just advocating for affordable housing um, and things of that matter. So definitely go check them out as well. Um, uh, Follow their updates. You know, they're always posting a bunch of really great mutual aid things as well. So shout out to them um, and shout out to you. Uh, Bonita, thank you again so much for um, having this conversation. I really enjoyed it. And Yeah, absolutely! I hope you have a good one, and we will see y'all in the next one. This episode of Archived Conversations was brought to you by my lovely patrons over on Patreon, and you, the listener slash viewer. Thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate it. If you would like to get these episodes a week early, please check out Patreon. Uh, The link will be in the description below, or you can visit patreon.com slash miamakesit. For just $1 a month, you can get access to these podcast episodes a week early, including video, or you can get more depending on which tier you subscribe to. So please check it out, um, and I hope to see you next week. Until then, have a great one.